So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Fulter, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. What's going on, guys? It's Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast, and today I'm sitting down with Dr. Dave Ferguson of Life Care Planning um, right here in Green Bay. You know, Dr. Dave has, from what I've heard, you know, Erica sat down, you guys chatted for quite a while, but um, 30 years of practice as an MD, and you know you had some it sounds like some injuries of your own that you kind of went through and then you broke off started life care planning and um from what i have heard and what erica has told me and i'm sure you'll go into more information on this um, but it's really about like patient advocate for aging adults mental physical resources for families coping with sick adults and like you had kind of said you you do much more so i'd love to hear how you kind of came to be in um and how life care planning had started yeah, Trevor. Thanks again. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I just, I guess, we were talking a little bit before. You hit the uh, the the button. But I just really enjoy talking to exercise professionals and people who are interested in health and wellness. So thanks for thanks for having me on. Absolutely glad to do it. Thanks for taking time out. I know you got a lot going on. Yeah, I really appreciate. I was introduced, to Eric. I really appreciate being able to come and spend some time in her and seeing the layout there and seeing exactly what. Uh, see, seeing exactly what you guys do. So that, that was exciting. And that's another resource for me and connecting cause connecting our clients with uh, people who can help them. So, yeah. Yeah. So where do we, um, so I could, you know, I could, do we give you the long form, kind of short, short form? <laughs> that's all up to you. You do, you can yeah. do what you want. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, like, like you say, what I, I was in practice in the Milwaukee area for, you know, uh, most of my career. And uh, I've been kind of following the story with the new, a medical school, the Medical College of Wisconsin opened a regional campus in Green Bay and I uh, had been part of the faculty years before and I just thought this is a great opportunity for me to get potentially get in and on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, so I, I had been also been thinking about transitioning out of my clinical practice and, uh, and, and and so I relocated to Green Bay and joined the faculty and started with the medical school, which has been fantastic for me. I just absolutely love being with uh, with the medical students, you know, that's, uh, I think being around them is like one of the cures for cynicism or being around <laughs> uh, young learners uh, is just, um, it, to, to, you know, to be around them and to, to hear their questions and to be, it just brings me back to when I started. Mm-hmm. In fact, we just had a graduation uh, and uh, I think uh, everybody in medicine, everybody who's uh, uh, physicians really probably ought to go to graduation every once in a while uh, just to get back to, uh, you know, why you start off mm-hmm. on this path. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, but I launched the life care planning, uh, care management service, uh, partly because I, I start, I saw the, some of the struggles that my mom had as she was getting older. 
Um, she was an amazing individual uh, uh, and uh, fiercely independent um, pioneer, Texas pioneer stock. I mean, her, uh, you know, she was, uh, uh, you know, pretty amazing. But I saw some of the struggles that she had as she was getting older, uh, just with going to doctor's appointments, you know, managing medications, insurance. Um, and, and I think, you know, from your experience in healthcare, I mean, it's, it's changed so much and, and, and doctor's appointments are often, you know, they're shorter, kind of episodic, more kind of problem based. And that's just kind of some of the constraints that we have in medicine today. And so, you know, I talked to her before the appointment and I asked her, yeah, you know, after, after the appointment, I say, you know, mom, you know, how, how is it go? How'd it go? How was the appointment? And, and she said, well, you didn't say much, you know, she had a, she had a great internist. I knew him for a long time. Uh, but, I, but I think, you know, just, well, being an, being an advocate also for herself and asking the right questions, uh, uh, that's such an important part of, of, of the doctor's visit today. And so I noticed, uh, that, um, yeah, come, she'd come back from appointment and say, well, you didn't say much. Well, you know, I mean, I think you and I, if you have a problem, I mean, we may be more servant and we may be able to advocate for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I started scheduling some of my tr- uh, trips down to go to doctor's appointments. And I just noticed that things worked better when I was in the room. Mm-hmm. Not, not that I would take over, but at the end of the appointment, I would often interject something and 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 i just saw how much a difference that made in fact one of the times that she was scheduled to have a test and the they they called and they said and it already been delayed and they said it'll be three weeks i said no that's i'm leaving town i'd like to get it done before i go this week and it was scheduled on friday right right so you know that's what people and and that was really the springboard that's really plus some other family and friend experiences that i had my dad when he was in the hospital just like you know there's it's so out of balance in some ways you know there's so much um, that, 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 uh, that folks can have help with in terms of navigating. It's so complex. The system has so many parts mm-hmm. that people, uh, and that's, a, that's a, at the core of what we do. We're healthcare and financial advocates. So it's really helping people manage their healthcare, you know, from the, from their side mm-hmm. and, and then help them kind of navigate their way through hospitalizations, uh, discharges, you know, alternative living arrangements, uh, medication management, really. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is a good, I don't know if it's a good thing, Trevor, but I was at a networking thing in Green Bay, so, uh, and I think uh, actually maybe a, an individual came up to me and she said, well, you're like a rent-a-son. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I didn't sound too cool at the beginning. You know, I say, I don't know if I really like the sound of that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but when you, when you, and then I, and then I think about, well, you know, uh, I mean, uh, there are a lot of people that may, maybe they've preceded their, 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 you know, maybe their child's passed or they never had children mm-hmm. or their children are in Chicago or, or New York or even overseas. I mean, a lot of families are, they're smaller, they're more spread out than ever. And so a lot of people don't have a deep bench when it comes to f- finding support. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's the support, but then with, even with your background, just having all that knowledge base and like, it's invaluable. It really is. Because I think about my parents, like when Erica and I were talking, um, after you guys had met and spoke, I was like, Oh man, like, where has this been? Like, this is really cool. Yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, it's just, uh, because I've seen now I'll be doing, this is our, we'll be heading into our sixth year. Okay. And so I, I, and we've added services as I've saw, as, as I've kind of discovered additional gaps, uh, on the financial side. So oftentimes things fall apart because people can't, keep up with the financial part of their life. Mm-hmm. They start, maybe they start making 
um, you know, they don't, they don't make the right decisions or they get into a pattern and then they don't shop for a Medicare plan every year. You know, um, they, they stay with what they have and, or they start deferring maintenance on their home, their biggest assets, you know, or they, so there's, there's a lot, it's complicated, uh, when you're, especially when you're by yourself, uh, mm-hmm. trying to live independently at home. There's a lot of, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that's how we, uh, that's how we can help. And, uh, and then I bring, and then what's wonderful about what I really love about is I get to bring in all my other interests, you know, medicine, exercise, nutrition, uh, uh, stress management, coaching for caregivers. You know, it's just, it's really cool. It's, I, it's, um, I technically retired, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm busier now and actually having more fun (laughs) than I have in a long time. Um, because I get to do, it's like really bringing all my interests, uh, into the things that I, that I like to do so yeah and that's I mean that's what it's all about is finding stuff you're passionate about um but then being able to serve like for ourselves too and I'm sure with you being able to serve other people help them through some of the hardest parts and stages of kind of their life I mean that's that's tough it really is I mean it's you know I think when they when they survey uh, older individuals I mean the things that they're the two you know the it's always in the top of top of the list when it comes to what they're what they're uh, concerned about what they're fearful of and one is losing autonomy mm-hmm. you know losing their independence having other people make decisions for them uh and uh, being a burden on somebody else mm-hmm. right Th- those are always uh, things that are people concerned about but it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be that way uh you know you can you can maintain your autonomy and autonomy and independence but that doesn't happen by accident you know, that's not something that uh, you need to surround yourself with a team of, of people, neighbors. You know, if you don't have children, it, it, it's friends, it's neighbors. I mean, one of the great things my mom did is she made friends with people who were 20 years younger than she was. Nice. Right? Um, so uh, she was an avid photographer, and I think she did her best work uh, after the age of 80. Mm-hmm. Um because she stayed at, she stayed engaged, she stayed active, and when she didn't feel comfortable driving anymore, a f- you know a friend that's again twenty years younger was happy to swing by and pick her up, mm-hmm. and she kept and she kept doing the things, some of the things she still drove, but she still um, she still was able to to get, uh, you know stay connected um, right. that way, right? So yeah. um, that's awesome. I you know going off of that, it's something that. Erica and I will talk about a lot. We talk to a lot of our, our clients and patients and stuff about it is we hear the whole, oh, I'm just getting older, like remark a lot. And it's like, okay, well, we need to do something about that little mind shift and uh, get you to shift gears because you can do what you want. I mean, obviously there's going to be work, but if you surround yourself with the right people that have the right passions and similar visions and values as you, like that's a game changer like that is massive this might be an awful analogy but we have a 10 and a half year old dog and then a seven year old dog our 10 and a half is a golden the seven year old is a small dog and it's like man our golden retriever is kind of getting older laying around a little bit more but when that little one wants to get going like they'll play back and forth and it's like (laughs) i'm thankful for them because or thankful for her because it keeps him moving and young and it's it's kind of the same thing oh it is it's totally it's yeah it, it 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 is. It's a perspective on aging. You know, mm-hmm. you can focus on the, and and it is hard because I'm, I'm I'm getting older. I I have to build in. I I was t- and in fact I was um, 
I was talking to Katie Schluter about this. Uh, um, <laughs> give, give, give a shout out to Katie at CrossFit Nine. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but but um, you know, I build my recovery days in. I have to build my recovery days in because I can't do what I did when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not always about the workout; it's about recovery. Mm-hmm. And to me, recovery is more important than 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 sometimes than the actual work workout because I have to factor in all the other things I'm doing in my life besides, you know, exercise. So, um, but yeah, but surrounding yourself, I think my mom was in her mid seventies. I, she'd always want to go to Alaska. So I, I took her to Alaska one year and, uh, and, uh, uh, scheduled a trip on a float plane and here's my mom in her seventies and hip waders, uh, (laughs) you know, out there, um, taking photos of the bears and stuff. I mean, she, 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 uh, you know, she loved to do those kinds of things. So, that influenced her, you know, perspective on things as she got older. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's really important. And you, you had mentioned this um, a few minutes back, but kind of as you start to grow and age, obviously there's mindset shifts. Is that, and, and you do stress management programming. So is that where some of that comes into play or how does that work? Yeah, I think the stress management. I was introduced to, to 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 these techniques. The researchers come out in the mid early '90s, and so I've used it personally. And it's really that's the approach I take. It's really about emotional self regulation, finding a ways to shift, uh, you know, from from uh, negative attitudes or draining emotions, fear, anger, all those things, and really being able to consciously make a shift to something that's more positive and regenerative. Those are the things that I work with. My focus is a little bit more on caregivers, but it's applicable across the board. Anyone who's looking to try to improve their performance is somebody who can focus on that type of, of um, you know, um, attitude that can help. Mm-hmm. But when we were we were just talking, I was thinking I was thinking about a client. One, I, my interest in exercise and training. I have one client that I'm training uh, is in uh, in Parkinson's and and age some of the age related you know de- degenerative conditions, but where exercise is a cornerstone really of their treatment. And I, there was a gentleman that, um, there was a gentleman that, I mean, it, you, you probably could have got covered the distance in a minute, it probably took him 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right? But he was there. I mean, he rarely missed. He's there twice a day, twice a week. Um, and it, I mean, it just, you just watch how hard it was for the mobility issues. Mm-hmm. But I, and I asked him, well, you know, why go, you know, what's, what motivates you to do that? What, what keeps, keeps you going? And, uh, he said, you know, I, I don't have control of what the disease is really doing to me, but I have control over the attitude or what I'm going to do about it. And right. And so that's, I mean, here I am, I'm, <clears throat> here I am. I'm still learning life lessons, right. From, from the folks that I work with. Yeah. Um, so, and it, it, it just made a huge difference for him psychologically, you know, where, um, that, that, um, we still, there's still things that we can do, um, to help us in the face of, you know, um, adversity. And, and so that's, um, yeah, so I, I, that's uh, primarily in Parkinson's, um, you know, any, uh, d- uh, uh, dementia, um, uh, those are, those are folks that are really interested in helping because exercise has, can be so important for them. Yeah. Yeah. My, I'm a, anytime I talk about my grandpa, I get choked up. So I'm gonna do my best, but, um, he, I passed away about eight years ago, but it was, uh, um, he had dealt with dementia, I mean, onset probably around 70, passed away at 86. But then, uh, like, the last few years, Parkinson's kind of came into him. And I, I wish, like, something like this, I would have known about it or something would have been around because 
he wanted to keep going like he he did like the exercise and he and my grandma would get together with their little bands and do some things and it's like it it was the same mentality like hey if these people have the drive to keep going like how can we support them and what services are out there to help support them um so that's amazing like that is so cool you do that yeah trevor there's some great resources in green bay for for uh for exercise from dance to the you know the the boxing that's that's popularized with parkinson's so there's um, there are resources out there for folks um to do that and to help them uh, do that so um yeah so so again and kind of bringing all these things in is really what's rewarding about the work that that um that our team does with folks um you know, we, I was giving you an example too, you know, oftentimes, as we said, you know, it's healthcare's gotten so complicated, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, um, you know, getting, I, 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 I do some home visits as well. And I, I remember a gentleman I met who was taking care of his wife and, and, um, really put off, you know, really needed probably a knee replacement surgery, put that off. Uh, and then to the point where they be, didn't become a, uh, a, a, um, you know, lost the opportunity, wasn't a candidate, right? So, um, so I, I, so finding resources really to help people know, you know, that, that, that there are things out there, there's, there, there are folks out there and people that can help like, you know, like the work that you guys do with the, the uh, rehab and helping people through uh, injuries to help them get back um, to, you know, to try to have the best quality of life they can and to be as functional as they can. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's there's a lot out there. There really is. And I think it's, I think it's shifting too. I think there's going to be, at least from what we've seen, is there are so many options, and it, it, people are starting to catch on. Like we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand, where things are quick. You know, you go to the doctor, and it's a quick conversation, and usually followed by um, medication, and then maybe a follow up a few weeks later, and that's kind of it. So it's like the conversations you can have with people are where you're going to get a lot of the answers. And I think I think conversations are super important, and there's a lot of options out there. Where people can sit down and they will talk with you and help you through things. Yeah, and I think that's how I got. That's exactly you. Re, you mentioned in the beginning. That's how I got interested in. I mean, I guess I've always I've been in. I interested in exercise f- forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. Uh, but I. But I had. Yeah, I had an injury, and you go kind of go through physical therapy, and then it, you know you get so many sessions where insurance will cover that. And then after that, you're you know, what do you do? You're not necessarily back to where you were. And so I worked, I found a trainer afterwards and then I worked and that got me interested. Okay. How did I get, how did I get hurt? What did I do? Uh, you know, from sitting too much, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's one of the health, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the occupational hazards, uh, today. Right. Uh, and so that, that's what prompted me to get certified as a trainer with a NSCA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you a little bit about that because you do like, in home things, correct? In home personal training and something at the YMCA. If I yeah, yeah, I'm not at the, I'm not active in the Y uh, okay. anymore, but I was there um, uh, for a while, and uh, so I, yeah, I have some uh, you know selectively, I'll I'll do some home based exercise work mm-hmm. with clients. That's awesome. If it fits into what really you know if it fits into their needs, um, yeah. and it's really nice. I'm, I'm uh, kind of scheduled. It's it it because it, it is you you you're in this and right I, I could probably talk to you forever about this but you know <laughs> to see somebody go from you know three sit to stands you know that's it and the third one is or you know the the third one is really and it's and it's a struggle to do that right so the knees start coming in and they're just having a hard time even getting out of the chair well mm-hmm. if you can't get out of the chair then you and you can't get off the toilet it's gonna be hard to live at home right, right? 
So, but within, but just just see the the um, uh, to see the progress that individuals can make over the time. And there's no, I mean, there's no pill that will do that, right? You are. Preach into the choir right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't have any, but, and, and, and so it's just fascinating because, you know, again, when I went into medical school, that's what's, uh, you know, the, the muscles kind of moved your joints around and, uh, they got you from uh, A to B, but we now know that, that muscles are just such an important part of our overall, I mean, uh, they secrete compounds which affect our brains that helps reg- regulate our metabolism. And I mean, movement is so important for us. So um, it's always constantly new stuff coming in. It's exciting to read, you know, the, the research, the more that we learn about it. Um, and so again, yeah, we don't, we don't have anything. Uh, we don't have anything that you can take that's going to give you the benefits of, of that kind of work. Yeah. And that's, so. that's why when people like we, when we see somebody maybe, I don't know, for example, like with back pain and they're like, yeah, my doctor told me I need to stop squatting and deadlifting and things like that. It's like, well, let's slow down and let's think about what you do in your day-to-day life. Like what's going up and down stairs? What's that pattern? What's like you said, standing, sitting, like those are all functional movements that we need to be able to do. And if we simply stop that, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. And we lose strength and then you're going to be dependent um, as you age and i just it's why don't we find the underlying issue that it's all kind of stemming from and then build back up because yeah. you need to be able to do those things yeah because the movement patterns may be abnormal and that's why you're getting hurt you know so to retrain mm-hmm. you know to train and actually you know to to, to figure out what what's you know the, a better way of the better at the mechanics of it to move in a in a way that's going to lessen your chance of getting hurt mm-hmm. yeah yeah Trevor, when my mom broke her arm i mean she started um i literally would have her um, she didn't like me too much at the times cause I pushed her, I pushed her in between the physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, again, it's the kind of thing, she, you know, um, to see the progress that she made. And I, you know, I started, I started off, uh, just with a bag of coins, some quarters in a bag, and then I added coins to the bag and, and then, and then it was a tomato soup can. Right. And then it would just kept going up in progress and you're getting that functionality back. You had to take some, uh, take some work. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a little piece of our, I mean, that's a little kind of specialized piece of our practice, my practice. Cause I mean, cause I enjoy it and I can do it for folks. Yeah. Um, but I strengthen, I think I think that really, really help. But you, again, you take, uh, is kind of on the healthcare management or care management piece, but, but I bring this experience and I bring, um, you know, really excited about helping people get ready for surgery. You know, again, mm-hmm. oftentimes Oftentimes people say they, they're going to have surgery for something, elective uh, uh, procedure, and they put, their, they put the date on the calendar and then they just worry about it as a passive participant in the mm-hmm. thing. It's something that happens to you, right? I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's not like that. I mean, it's, uh, the optimal way is to, I mean, even if you have to defer it a little while, mm-hmm. we've, we've referred folks to physical, I mean, through their primary care physician, I don't act as their doctor, but we've, we've, we suggested that they go through physical therapy before surgery for a month, Mm -hmm. get some strength, gets work on some balance before you're going to go into surgery. And then even set up, even set up what's post-surgery going to look like. You, You may not be able to go home. In fact, so much of it is done in his outpatient you know, mm-hmm. procedures, but many people shouldn't go home right away, you know, mm-hmm. to set up respite care somewhere, uh, even at assisted living for a period of time, if you're by yourself, you know, you go there for a week, you're t- taking care of it. It's almost like, you know, it's kind of uh, a short 
hotel stay in a way. Yeah. Um, so that, but then when you get home, uh, you have some support too. It may be in-home care comp, you know, somebody comes in daily to help you graduate it. As you get stronger, you can fade out of that. But nutrition is a part of that. Pain management's a part of that. Um, you know, uh, getting ready for, for what that experience is going to be like, you know, there's a, it, and, and the surgery is just in the middle piece. I mean, the, you know, the whole process is what you're going to do before and after to, yeah. to get the best, the optimal, the best results. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's something we can, that's something we help our clients. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so. glad you brought that up. Cause that was, that was going to be, I was going to ask about that. Cause we were kind of on that path and it was, I, I had really been curious to know how that looked like. And I'm so glad you said like the importance of doing things prior to surgery, because like you said, that surgery is daunting. That's the big event, right? So it's like, like any big event, what are you going to do to prepare for it? Like that, that prep is going to really dictate a lot of the outcomes. Yeah. And I, that, it, yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Trevor. And you actually, I mean, that's one of my favorite things to say is like, you know, well, some, when I go out and do some, some of the, some of the speaking things, I think I have to ask, you know, uh, how many of you consider yourself to be athletes? Hmm. And, and there'll maybe be one person who's run, maybe still running some 10 Ks or something. I mean, I mm -hmm. speak mostly to older adults. Uh, and then, and then I, you know, I, I ask them too, if, you know, or it just makes the suggestion, well, you know, we're all in an event where we realize it or not. And, and the event we're in is getting older and, and, and life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so what are you doing to train for that? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to make that, to make nutrition and exercise and, and, and training really, I like using the word training to be thinking about, you know, um, getting ready for, um, for the, for an event, you know, you're just much better off if you did have a fall and you did get hurt, you know, what's your reserve? Where are you before that happens? Because you can be pretty sure you're going to be lower on the other end of that experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't take long to lose strength if you're up in bed for a little while. Yeah, it, it's quick. It's maddening to try and gain it. <laughs> it, it doesn't take any time at all to lose it. it right. And even in young, I mean, there's some studies, even college, I mean, they've done this before where they put somebody in a cast and make, you know, make a college student stay in bed for a week and then they measure them afterwards and they see how drastic, I mean, how much you can lose in a short period of time. So, mm -hmm. um, to be kind of thinking about that as, as you get older to, to train, train for the adventure in, right. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is kind of like getting, it's getting older. So. Yeah, it is. And you know, we, we kind of say like, if, if you have a body, you're a body, you're an athlete because people think athlete is like somebody who's competitive. You know, they think of the sports and they think of being in a gym and it's like, no, there's so many more aspects of that. If you want to like live well, you are con consider yourself an athlete because there's things that go into that. Yeah. To have that mindset, right. Mm -hmm. To, to be yeah. thinking about what kind of activities you're going to engage in. And that's why I sometimes don't like using exercise because that for some, I mean, for a lot of people, they think that, you know, going to the gym, but that's just, it's just, um, it's doing the functional things that you talk about, mm -hmm. uh, not sitting in the chair, you know, not sitting in a chair. Again, talk about that occupational hazard, but that is really, you know, um, too much time in, 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 in the chair is not good for you. So, but that can be functional things. It's gardening, it's going, it's walking, you know, it's, uh, it's, there are things that, that you can do that, that, uh, you don't have to be, you don't, you don't have to be in a gym. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think one of the, and one of the things too, is I, I, I you know, uh, uh, you know, making, making strength training part of that. So, you know, people talk about 
or they walk they they walk a lot or they do a lot of other things but again uh you know part of that should be some strength training mm-hmm. right so um that's where that's where it can really help to have a, a professional somebody can help you guide you if never done it before right it's critical really making sure you don't get hurt um but but again it's the strength that's going to keep somebody it's uh uh, independent at home is their ability to get upstairs if they have stairs or, or to, to, you know, to, to do the things that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always yeah. like saying, yeah, it's like, uh, if, if you only lift a half a gallon, a gallon's always going to be heavy, right? Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> Very so, true. So that's nice. Yeah. My, my grandma, bless her heart. She's 90, 91. And, uh, like I kind of alluded to her and my grandpa would do a lot of their strength training stuff together, like just banded exercise, um, upper body. They would go for walks all the time and kind of do some of these things. Um, and she's still like, she's slowing down, but every day she's pulling out those bands and she's getting up. She's like, I'm walking around the halls and you know, anything she can do to, she's lost a lot of muscle mass and she knows that, but that woman is so driven and it, it's incredible that she still is so driven. I mean, multiple times a day, getting up, walking, doing things. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And that's really what shortens the, not always. I mean, I guess you all, it's, it's, it's going to be different for everyone, of course, but it's like that hopefully is what shortens the period of, of illness and morbidity, right? You, Mm -hmm. you do what you want to do. And then eventually we're all going to, you know, we're all going to succumb, but, (laughs) but you, you shorten that period where you're, you can't do the things you want to do by, Mm -hmm. by, by maintaining a focus on that. Um, along with, again, along with, um, nutrition and, yeah. And, um, so do you other... guys work that into, um, some of the services you guys do for people? Uh, yeah, we, we, Resources um, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And we, we, uh, you know, that's, that's an area that's really difficult because, you know, as you, as you get, as people get older and they're living by themselves, they're less likely to cook mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. we have there are some resources out there. Where, I mean, there are individuals who will come into the home and do some meal prep. I mean, I don't know. Do you uh, do you, do you meal prep, tra- uh, Trevor? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you, it's we do big. It every Sunday. Every I Sunday. Do, that's our Sunday too. I mean, we you know it just takes a couple of hours, but everything's mm-hmm. prepped. You know, everything's in the fridge, and I mean, it helps me stay you know stay on you know um, focused on what's on what I you know, need to eat. Right. So having somebody come into the home and, and meal prep for somebody, and then it's all kind of laid out. I mean, that is so, I would like to see more of that. I mean, I think there's a need for that uh, kind of work. Um, um, but, but yeah, making, making uh, recommendations on nutrition Mm -hmm. and in those kind of roles, we're really about connecting people with resources in the community. That's where we can, whether it's, um, you know, um, adult day services for dementia or we, I, um, estate planning and financial um, planning referral partners that I can connect people with. So sometimes I meet individuals who don't have any of those things kind of set up and that's kind of part of, that's my discussion I have with them. Have you, you know, who's your healthcare power of attorney? Who's, um, who, do you have a backup? Um, you know, all those kinds of things. And then connecting individuals with resources in the community. That's, uh, you know, a big, a big part of what we do too. Yeah. That's, and that's so cool. And just trying to take the burden off the families and just have them have a resource and almost an avenue to guide them throughout the entire process. Yeah. And that's what we hear from folks uh, that, I mean, that, that that's what's, that's what's helpful. That you're not by yourself, you know, I mean, this is what we do and, and, um, that there's, that there's, um, some connections that can come from, um, from working with us. So, 
Yeah, that, and that's, I, again, I just think it's so invaluable because nobody tells you really how to take care of an aging family member or friend or anything like that. And it's like for myself, it's just very daunting. It's very daunting to think about all the things that go into taking care of, I mean, at some point, my parents, which is going to happen. And that's just, I, I truly think what you guys are doing is invaluable. It's, it's awesome. Well, Trevor, too, I think the thing, too, is having those conversations or, you know, having those conversations, it's not an easy thing to talk about. You know, I think when I was younger and my, you know, um, I mean, I'll just share with you. My mom, I was visiting once and she said, you know, she felt like time was running out. Mm. And um, I think when I was younger, I would have said, uh, no, it's not. You're not, you're not, you know, you're fine. You don't, you're, don't have a lot. She was doing fine. I mean, she was independent, you know, again, not taking a lot of medication. said, um, it, it would be easier because I didn't want to hear that. Right. So I, it'd be easy to kind of dismiss that, mm-hmm. but, but, but gaining the experience I've had doing this now, I mean, I, I, I go, let's talk about that. You know, tell me, tell me more about why you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And then it opens up a conversation and then, and then you can have some really, um, really even get to know your parents in a way that is different. You know what I mean? Like you find out about, um, you really can have some meaningful conversations that, that way, um, but, but it has to start. I mean, I think we have to be, get more comfortable having these conversations and parents, parents have to, uh, have, uh, uh, need to get a little bit more comfortable having conversations with their adult children around finances, about this. Yep. yep. Around finances. You know, there's a separation oftentimes, like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to share all your individual, if you don't want to share all your, uh, detailed information, but you know, they, they should know who your financial advisor is. I mean, they, they should know where they can find the information. If something to happen to you and you fall and you end up in the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's, you know, there needs to be a, a, some more conversations around that. Again, you can maintain again, autonomous autonomy and independence and, and some, some degree of privacy, but having some conversations about, uh, uh, end of life care and how do you feel about hospice or how do you feel about palliative care? Those are not easy conversations because I don't, I don't, I didn't necessarily want to have them either. But I think, uh, I think it was through experience and and seeing what I saw in medicine and those things as, as I got older that that it was important to have some of those conversations. What's the uh, in in your opinion? What's the best way for either parents to have that conversation, navigate that conversation, or for um, adult children to bring that up? I think that's. Like you kind of said, it's a, it's a tough subject, and um, I know some people just don't. They, the mindset around like having to depend on their kids now for help can be daunting, and feel like you're kind of losing yourself a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say, Trevor, it's, it's, I mean, usually there's not. I think usually there's an opportunity. It'll come up, okay. like to listen. I mean, just mm-hmm. listen for that, because you can be sure it's on somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. Right. There's th- you know, folks are thinking about it for the most part. Right. And then that, that may come out in some comments, some, um, something they say, um, well, I'll never do that. Or, you know, th- th- they'll be, they'll make some kind of comment. And I think just waiting for yourself to, res- to be, to, 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 to listen and then be willing to, to lean in and have a conversation which may be uncomfortable for you mm-hmm. and just wait for that opportunity um, to ask them, um, to, to have them tell you a little more about what they're feeling or, you know, you, you know, you mentioned that you would never go into assisted living. Now, tell me, tell me more about what your thoughts are on that. 
well that, and then they, and then you can have a conversation. Yeah. Um, um, so I think that's, I, I know it's not easy though. And there's no right answer. Right. So, but, but I think, um, just being, being aware and open, um, and, and knowing that it's necessary and it's important and that, and that, and again, coming back to that, I mean, uh, I've, I've had folks tell me, it's just like my kids tell me what to do all the time. Well, and I, I think that's not, not something a parent, you know, wants to be in that position of being dependent and having their kids, um, boss them around. Yeah. So is that something obviously kids should try to not do much? Yeah. Like still try to give, kind of find that line like of independence of still being a helping hand. Right. It is. Yeah. Finding uh, and letting them, having them being part of, or let, letting them or letting them offer what they think may be part of the solution. Right. What do you think we can do about this together? Um, and and um, yeah, avoiding that coming in and and, and that often is around crisis again, right? It's because then it's, you have to do it this way. And so, again, starting some of those conversations earlier can hopefully avoid some of that response. And then the other thing is to find, uh, you know, again, that's one of the things, that's one of the ways that we help is to find somebody who's not the children to do some of those things, right? Um, because I think sometimes, you know, having an independent uh, uh, somebody independent who can, can come in and take a look at the situation I mean, I've had people listen to me that I know, I know that they, they, they're not, they don't listen to, they don't want to get, they don't want to hear that from their adult children, but they'll, uh, they'll, I can have a conversation around about that because, because I'm not their son. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's like that thing where like, you know, the parent always says, I told him the same thing. Why are they listening to you? It's like, <laughs> exactly like that, right? <laughs> well, I'm the same way, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, I mean, we're like that. So, you know, sometimes we don't want to be, uh, you know, we don't want to necessarily have our parent telling us something either, but we'll take it from somebody else. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep, it, for sure. Well, and the other nice thing is it allows you to go, I mean, I, and I've done that. I've been in this personal situation. You spend all your time um, during the week either trying to go to doctor's appointments or going on the weekends, and, and then you, you don't have the time to be a son or daughter. You're, you're just dealing with all this other, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to kind of pull back a little bit and, and, and offload some of that things to, some, to somebody else mm-hmm. who, who can help manage some of that. That is so helpful. It's so cool what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, we we love, I mean, Margaret. And then, and then I have a couple of new, uh, Reverend Bev Davis is, uh, she's a chaplain. Uh, she joined me earlier this year. And so she provides, you know, kind of emotional and spiritual support for for clients. Again, that's oftentimes a missing piece. Mm-hmm. Like we focus on the physical and we focus on those kinds of things, but the spiritual aspects that, that, uh, that we need and that are important to us. Um, Bev, uh, Rev, Rev Bev, she calls herself <laughs> Reverend, <laughs> Reverend Bev. She's, uh, she's, um, really enjoy getting to know her. And then I have an administrative assistant, uh, Kathy, administrative uh, support, a uh, client support, Kathy, uh, the priest Brusky joined me a couple months ago as well. So we have additional, yeah, we're building out uh, additional folks on our team That's awesome. to help, you know, support clients. And that's what it's about, right? It's just, Again, going back to, um, we had mentioned this before we started recording, like coaches need coaches, surrounding yourself with the right team members and just having the ability to support your clients the best that you can and really giving them the health and quality of care that they deserve. I, yeah. I think that's, that's so important. Yeah, that is, that is, that's it, Trevor. That's why I think, yeah, that's why we enjoy, that's why we enjoy doing 
mm-hmm. do, doing this, I think. Yep, awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else that you uh, want us to know about what you guys are, are doing at Life Care Planning that we haven't covered already? I don't, I don't think so, Trevor. It's kind of a broad overview. Again, healthcare yeah. and financial advocacy is um, it's kind of a broad, it's kind of a broad thing. There's a that sounds like you know it's a very bright, it's not very specific, but I hope I gave you some examples. You know, like getting ready for surgery. Um, you know, if you can't live at home, where do you go? Uh, what are your alternative changes if if you're you know little uh, folks are unsure or, or about medical decisions and they need to bounce that off somebody, uh, you know, education is a piece of that. So, um, yeah, it's really helping people get the most out of the healthcare system and, and also looking, looking out for their financial, uh, health as well. So, yeah, that can be daunting. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Um, so I do have a few like questions. Sure. Oh yeah. I haven't asked enough already. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I'm curious to hear um, some of the answers because I feel like I, I'm just curious to hear them. Um, so the first one, like, what's your, and I, I say, I need, I need to kind of reword this. I say health very loosely. It's a very general statement. So, like, there's so many different things that fall under that category. But what's your favorite uh, health-related book or resource? Oh, boy, that's... Um, um... I've read, I've, yeah, I've, I've read a couple of really good ones lately, but I, I come back to one of the first, I think it, I remember it as being one of the first books that I really read that I really, I mean, I've been in health, I mean, I've been in medicine right, for th- over right. 30 years, right? But there's a, uh, there's a book uh, by Dr. Terry Wall, W-A-H-L. She's got a TED Talk online uh, and uh, Dr. Terry Wall, she wrote, uh, she has more than one, but Minding, it's kind of a, Minding My Mitochondria. Ooh. I don't know if you'd appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. It's kind of a cookbook, but it, she she has a fascinating story. And if you get a chance to see, just Google her TED Talk. Uh, she uh, she has multiple sclerosis, and uh, she um, it really made me change the way I look at nutrition, food, and nutrition. Mm. And and interesting. I mean, I was referred to. Uh, I was given the book by a neurologist. You know, I had my own issues I was dealing with kind of undiagnosed, you know, physicians are their worst patients, right? You don't go. And so until <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. until I could, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, I mean, it was, but, Jeez. but, but I, um, I, I was expecting to get a prescription, right? I was, I was expecting to get, uh, a, a, you know, a medication and I was, and, and, um, he gave me that book and he gave me a, uh, uh, the National Headache Foundation has a, uh, headache diet. And so, um, and so I, of course, everything on there I like, right? Because yeah. they're neuroexcitatory. They, they're, they're, they become stimulants, right? So, so I kind of went through that and I got, and it amazing how, what it, what it, and that and hydration, right? Mm. So hydration was a big one. So staying hydrated and changing some of the foods I eat. So important. And so I love that book. I still think, and then that, that out of that book became my interest in other uh, nutrition related topics and then out in exercise. So that was kind of that. Dr. Wall's book was kind of the springboard for me yeah. um, to get into this in more depth. So I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to look into that TED talk. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. She's uh, it's an amazing, amazing story. Yeah. Her cool. story, her story. So yeah. I'm going to look into that one. Um, what is your favorite health related activity to do in the Green Bay area? 
Yeah, I'm I'm still a cyclist. I'm not riding as much as I used to, but I've been riding since college. So uh, cycling got me through med school. Um, I went to the University of Texas in San Antonio, and at that time, at that time, I could ride on my bike and be in the hill country. You know, I was on the very edge of town. Um, I rode my bike. I did my residency in New York City, so I rode uh, into Manhattan on the Brooklyn Bridge. And so cycling's just been there for me the whole. You know, so I, I love to cycle. So that's kind of my favorite activity. It's good weather. Right yeah, summer and then in the winter. I, I'm from Texas originally, so I got into yeah. I got into skiing and snowshoeing. So oh, those are things. Perfect. I, yeah, you got the full year covered. Yep. Um, and then finally, like, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody looking to, I don't know, change their lifestyle a little bit, either whether it's nutrition based, exercise based, just trying to get, you know, kind of that 180 degree turn and yeah. live a healthier life. Yeah, I think we alluded, to, we talked to just a little bit about it, uh, um, Trevor, and I think it is, it's, and I, I don't really like the term so much, but it's, it's emotional self-regulation really, right? Mm. It's being able to, to, to recognize what kind of what emotional state you're in mm -hmm. and then being able to consciously make a shift if it's not serving you into something that's more beneficial, mm -hmm. right? Because that's often at the core of behaviors, right? Behavior change, what you're going to eat, whether you're going to exercise, you know, this whole, all the, all the healthy behaviors, all the things that we know that are good for us, it it's all comes down to behavior and behaviors aren't easy to, <laughs> behaviors aren't easy to change, right? You know, I mean, that's right. So it's like the, it's, you know, you build all those healthy habits on, to me, on, on developing skill around emotional self-regulation and i think the studies support that in terms of people who can do that well mm -hmm. it's really what helps guide their daily decisions on health and wellness mm -hmm. is is what kind of emotional state they're in and and the ability to change it right we can't we don't live in a frustration free world but what are you going to do about it when you're sad angry frustrated are you going to be able to do something to change you to get you out of that state into something uh, to find gratitude contentment um, empathy, compassion, those kinds of things. I like that. That's so really, that's really good. Awesome. Well, Dr. Dave, thank you so much, um, for taking some time out of your busy schedule. If people wanted to reach out to you, learn more, where can they do that? What platforms? Yeah, we launched a new website this year. It's uh, we had a little bit of a name change, but it's uh, uh, the company's DJ Ferguson and Associates, uh, Life Care Planning, and uh, our website is lifecareplanning.partners. Okay. Sounds pretty easy, lifecareplanning.partners. And um, yeah, and I'd be happy to have a conversation. I, I, I meet with individuals uh, in an initial kind of discovery meetings, complimentary, and so I just kind of find out where they are and what kind of help they're looking for and see if we would be a, potentially a fit for them. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, we'll be sure to tag or link to that um in everything everywhere this thing goes so if people want to reach out to you we'll, we'll make it as easy as possible thanks trevor it's fantastic uh talking to you and uh, say hi to erica you got it say hey to katie shout oh, out to katie again yeah <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to uh, spending some more time with katie she's going to get me back on track i think good luck have fun with that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I tell her we talked <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you again and uh we'll talk to you guys later if you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab or information on one of our guests, or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. 
That's info at movementgb.com.